Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Hey, welcome to another edition of Talking Metal. This episode features an interview we conducted with guitarist Derek Hawkins on the January 5th episode of Talking Metal Live. Now, at the time of the interview, Derek was a member of the Ace Frehley Band. However, it was announced yesterday that Ace tapped guitarist Todd Youth, who's played with bands like Degeneration and Danzig, for his upcoming Australian tour beginning on February 1st. Now, since this podcast was pre-recorded, some of the information may sound outdated, but Derek is a good friend of ours, and the podcast turned out really well, so we wanted to bring it to you. So we wish Derek the best of luck in his future endeavors, and we also wish Ace Todd and the rest of the Ace Frehley Band good luck on the Australian tour. So here's the episode. Check it out. Hey, it's Exciter from the Talking Metal Forums, and you are listening to Talking Metal. Greetings, O Earthlings. It's Villa from Finnish band called Him, and at the moment you have the pleasure of enjoying Talking Metal. Hey, this is John Five from Rob Zombie, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, this is Evan Seinfeld from Democracy and Biohazard, and you're listening to Talking Metal Podcast. Hi, this is Andrea. And this is Chris from Lacuna Coil. And you're listening to Talking Metal. Check it out. Hey, this is Stephen Pierce here. You're listening to The Rat Bastard on Talking Metal. This is Ethan Death from Kill Cheerleader, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, this is Mike Vassera from Obsession. You're listening to Talking Metal. This is Scott Boland from Obsession, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hi, I'm Tara Patrick, and you're listening to my favorite Talking Metal. Hey, this is Devin Townsend from Strapping Young Lad, and you are listening to Talking Metal. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Scotty from Anthrax, and you are listening to Talking Metal. Hi, this is Jeff Tate from Queensryche, and you're listening to Talking Metal. God bless America. Hey, this is your blood brother of the American dream, Ted Nugent, celebrating the American rock and roll dream on Talking Metal. Live it up. Hey, this is Richard Christie, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, this is Derek Hawkins from the Ace Fraley Band, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Talking Metal. It's John Astronomy. I'm hanging out with Mark. What's happening, Mark? Not much, John. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I am taking some time off from work today because I actually went in early 
because right now we were supposed to be interviewing Paul Deano, the legendary Iron Maiden vocalist. Yes, Paul, hopefully, right now, is on a plane. Uh, I spoke with uh, Roy, his, I guess, uh, tour manager, if you will, early this morning, uh, because Roy actually canceled the interview. I guess there had been an arrest with uh, the guy who was driving Paul around. Always something with yeah. Paul Deano, man. Poor Paul Deano, yeah. man. He can't get a break. But he was, he was in Canada, and he was supposed to be flying to... New York, landing on American soil for the first time, I believe, since the 1990s. Uh, definitely the first time since 9-11. Paul's had uh, some issues getting back into the country since 9-11 because they've made it harder for people to get into the country in general. And when you have a uh, police rap as long as, as uh, Paul and, and you have, uh, you know, your religion down as Muslim. Sometimes uh, it's tough right. to get into the, the country. So we we hope that everything is going well. We hope Paul is landing. I believe he was actually supposed to land at 1230 at, at LaGuardia. So I hope he's on the ground here in New York. His uh, It's exactly 1 o'clock right now. We were supposed to be interviewing him over at Gibson, shooting it and, you know, uh, doing our thing with it, maybe even airing some of it on MTV2's Headbangers Ball. It's, that's been postponed. It's not canceled. We're either going to hook up with him tomorrow or possibly uh, Wednesday, Wednesday before his show at BB King's. Uh, all this will be in the past by the time you're hearing this podcast. But he is actually doing a, a date in Jersey at Dingbats uh, tomorrow night. So wow. Dingbats, then BB uh, King's, two of the local rock clubs here in the uh, tri-state area speaking of dingbats yes yeah we are going to be performing on march 6th with the band screaming metal yeah jay you know jay our listener out in uh, california yeah, yeah, he's, he's coming all the way out he's flying out jv last year z-man flew out for the uh, screaming metal show yep uh this year jay's coming out z-man uh you know, we'd love to have you fly out again. No doubt about it. Yeah, if you're available. If not, we totally understand. Hopefully we get a good crowd down there. It is the second show, so I don't know if we're going to sell it out again. But, right. Um, yeah. And we really did sell it out, which is hard to believe, but it's for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, the place was totally packed, and, uh, you know. We were we, told it was at capacity. Yeah. And we, we know how many people we officially got paid for, which was a whole lot. And, you know, sometimes, not saying anything negative about dingbats, but, you know, a lot of times there's additional people there that maybe, like, slipped by or something right. like that. Right. So I there mean, was a, we got paid a lot of people close there. close to 300, I think. Uh, and I can tell you that when Brittany Fox was there a few months before us, they brought 34. Right. So we had no 300 people, towards, uh, the, Brittany the, uh, Fox, 34 Brittany people. Fox people. And yeah. Brittany Fox is a very cool man. And you know, yeah. Speaking of Brittany Fox, another Philly band, Cinderella. I heard Shake Me on a TV commercial the other day. Oh, cool. Yeah, good song. It always brings in the money. I thought that was a good tune. There is a new record out or about to come out. I'm not even sure. I think it's out. BK3 by Bruce Kulik. Yep. We've been featuring this song a lot on MarkStriegelRadio.com. That's the uh, 24-hour stream that goes on. And we've also uh, done an interview with him up on that stream. He's going to be coming back on the stream with uh, our, our friend Victor to talk about 10 songs that he's done throughout his career and go into detail about each song. That's which is pretty an idea. Neat. Yeah, Victor came up with that idea. And I think, I think he talks about, like, Tears Are Falling. Oh, that's cool. Uh, he talks about some of his new songs. And I thought... 
This would be, uh, since we probably already have some KISS fans listening today who maybe don't normally listen to Talking Metal because we have Derek from Aces Band on Correct. talking some KISS with us, I thought this might be a good uh, place to play the new single off of uh, BK3, uh, the Bruce Kulik record. Yeah, Bruce is great. The last time You've I known saw him a Bruce, long time, yeah, right? I've yeah. known Bruce like from back in the, you know, like maybe like crazy nights days. And um, when Bruce came to New York not too long ago to do a, a gig at the Hard Rock Cafe. It was a private concert. Um, I offered uh, him to use my guitars because, uh, you know, he was going to have to carry something on a plane. And uh, so we hooked up, went out to dinner, and uh, I roadied for him that night. So it was really fun. Well, you've done more than roadie with him. I could have sworn I saw some footage maybe on YouTube or something oh, yeah, of you yeah. on stage <laughs> with Bruce Kulik and Paul Stanley yes. jamming Detroit yeah. Rock I, City. I, I, believe it or not, I even that. forgot about that. Yeah, um, This was Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, and I was up at the Gibson Guitar Showroom uh, with Glenn Hughes, legendary Deep Purple bassist and singer. And Glenn had to teach his band, Detroit Rock City, and I just happened to be sitting there. And Can you explain what, to the listeners what Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp yeah. actually is? Okay, Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp is it's like, like a week-long camp. Sometimes they do them for a day or two, but generally they're a week-long camp. And people pay a lot of money to actually jam with actual rock stars. And what happens is a guy like Glenn Hughes will be in charge of about ten people, and they'll form a band. And Glenn will be the band leader. And they rehearse, and they go to clinics all week with, like, a bunch of cool people. And and then the grand finale is a concert, and they usually do these in New York, L.A. They do them in Europe. And basically what happened was Glenn had to teach his band, Detroit Rock City, because Paul Stanley was the special guest that camp. Right. And he was going to go up with each band and do a song. Now, what happened was Glenn said, do you know that song? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, will you come in and teach it to my band? So I did. And then Glenn wound up asking me to perform it with them uh, at BB King's. And, and since Bruce was already at the camp as well, he decided to jam along. So it was really cool. Uh, Bruce did his part, which was Ace's part. And then I wound up doing Paul's part. And Paul just sang without a guitar, and Glenn Hughes also played rhythm guitar. So it was really one of the absolute coolest things I've ever done. With, I yeah. mean, no doubt about it. And what is and, that, like cell phone footage up there on YouTube? Yeah, you know, it's I like know a little, little digital camera, yeah, yeah. and a bit, yeah. there's a couple of other versions that people had that are better quality, and then somewhere floating around is like a pro shot video of it, but I actually don't even have it yet. But. Huh, Interesting. Well, anyways, uh, on that note, let's get into the new Bruce Kulik uh, song. This is Hand of King. You can purchase this on iTunes, so definitely do that. Download it for 99 cents and support Bruce Kulik. I love the vocals on this. It sounds so much like Gene, but it's not. It's Nick. Nick, Nick Simmons. Simmons. Yeah. Making his... This guy could have a future, man. Yeah, uh, no he doubt. has some real talent. It reminds me of Gene, just uh, slightly like maybe a slightly lower register. It's pretty cool, man. Yeah. It sounds great, without a doubt. Here it is. Hand of King. Come along We must be strong To reach the castle before dawn Don't mind the moans of your feet It's just a friend You left behind You can use their body Climb. Run 
from BK3, the brand new album. Definitely support Bruce. He's been a good friend for a long time, and he is a great, great guitar player. And we will have an interview, brand new interview. It hasn't even been uh, recorded yet. We're going to stream it live, mm, I believe, next Tuesday, two Tuesdays from now. It'll be on uh, February 9th on TalkingMetalLive.com, MarkStriegelRadio.com. What time is he calling in? I think 8? 8.15 Eastern Time. So yeah. that'll be 5.15 for you West Coast listeners and 8.15 for the East Coast people. And check your local listing right, yeah. <laughs> when you're in the middle of the country. Tune into the stream for a live interview that John and I are going to do with Bruce Kulik on February 9th. Also, Richard Christie will be stopping by yeah, the studio no doubt. Uh, that day. And we have another guest, too, a female chef. Yeah, correct? the morbid chef wow. will be calling in to uh, discuss... Heavy metal recipes with us. That's great. Where is she from? I have no clue. I have no yeah, clue. But she cool. has a new book out that she put out with Ian Christie 
and you can check that out on his website, Bazillion Points, uh, is, cool. is his blog. Just Google Bazillion Points. Very cool. Yes. So, and back to that Bruce Kulick song, use the link in today's show notes. You go down to TalkingMetal.com, go to the podcast section. Right there under the show notes for today, you'll see a link that will open up your iTunes and bring you directly to that song. Those links help us. And any additional songs you then buy after you download the Bruce Kulik song also benefit us. We get a, you know, a nickel or something per song, which right. adds up after a while. We, we like getting those you know, $5 checks every few months. So right. thank you for supporting us. Yeah, thank you. And, and most importantly... We encourage everybody to support the artists that we have on Talking Metal, and that's an important thing because we want to show them that podcasting does help sell records. Yes, definitely. Well, you want to set this interview up with Derek? Yeah, we were at our last Talking Metal live show, and it was very cool. Our friend Derek Hawkins from the Ace Fraley Band stopped by. Mark and I, we hung out with Derek back at the Ace Listening Party that we put on, one of the two Ace Listening Parties that we hosted. And Derek is just a great guy. He used to be in a group called Stabbing Westward, which you were a fan of, right. Mark. Yeah, yeah. And he's New York-based. I think he lives right yep. here in New York City. Yeah, and Derek is just a, a really cool guy. And the Ace Band is all set to head to Australia very soon. They have gigs the first and second week of uh, February, I believe. And uh, I wish I could have went. Ace asked me to come. And unfortunately, due to my ridiculous schedule with work, I wasn't able to go. So, guys, have a great time down in Australia. If you live in Australia, be sure to go see Ace Fraley and Derek and the whole gang really put on a killer show. They're going to rock it down there. Yes. And tune in to the Headbangers Ball on MTV2. John and I do a lot of guest hosting on the Headbangers Ball. They're short little 30-second clips, you know, five or six of them per episode. Uh, where we we talk with people like Zach Wild, Rob Halford, uh, you know, probably Paul Diano. After we uh, hook up with him and shoot that, uh, who else? Uh, Ace. Ace. We had Ace on that. Uh, we had Alan Flores from yeah, Guitar, Guitar Hero. Hero. Yes. Yeah. So that uh, was cool. I feel like maybe there was somebody else, but I don't. I don't remember. Um, there'll be a lot more uh, headbangers stuff coming to you from Talking Metal. And uh, we'll see you back on Talking Metal real soon. A lot of great guests coming up, as I mentioned. Richard Christie, Bruce Kulik, White Wizard will be on. And hopefully, Paul Diano. Yes. Hopefully he gets back into the country. I really hope he does. It would really suck if, you know, after all this cool stuff was planned, not just for Talking Metal, but for all the fans here in the United States, that some... You know, crazy thing could happen, and, and like I like I said, an arrest. And, and just because somebody was arrested doesn't mean that you know they're guilty of right. something. So, right. uh, you know, we've we've heard that there was some kind of an arrest, but uh, you know, hey, let's you wait know, and see what the happens. Tour manager didn't actually use the word arrest. Um, uh, what's like uh, detained? Detained. Or? detained. Yeah, that oh, was the word. Okay. Detained. detained. Yeah. Anyways, here's our interview with Derek from Ace's band. And why don't we hear a track from Anomaly? Right before the interview with Derek. Does that sure. sound good? We're going to end it with Outer Space. Uh, what do you want to play right here? Let's play Foxy and Free. Yeah, and we'll have those links up so you can purchase this Ace music on iTunes. This is Foxy and Free, followed by our interview. You're looking good, you get me so hot. 
I feel like the levels have dropped. So anyway, guys. Yeah, there we go. They're back on now. We have a great show, as we said. And right here sitting next to me, we have Derek Hawkins, my good friend from the Ace Fraley Band. Derek, what's what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing really well. Derek, thanks so much for joining us. I guess the, the main question that people are probably wondering, how does somebody end up in a band with Ace? Um... I'm wondering myself. No, actually, uh, the bass player Anthony and I have been uh, been friends for about twelve years. Okay, Anthony and, Esposito. Uh, yeah, we were we've been friends for a long time, and I think that when you know he and Ace were both in AA, that's where they met, and uh, or through somebody who you know was in AA. So when they were working on the record and they decided they were going to go out on the road, they. Um, Ace asked Anthony, you know, find some guys who are, are straight up guys that I'm not going to have to worry about on the road. And, um, you know, Anthony basically put the band together, you know, got Scotty, myself, um, you know, just because he knew we were good people and weren't right. going to, weren't going to, you know, uh, try and relive our rock past basically. Right. And, um, you know, which was a huge honor for me because I, grew up with Ace. My first concert was Ace, like yours. Wow. Yes, Probably absolutely. the same tour. What was tour the was Dynasty that? Tour? Yeah. No, see, I, I know actually, I'm dating myself I, right believe now. Believe me, I wish I could have went to that tour. My relatives all went to see Kiss on that tour, but I didn't get to go, believe it or not. You're going to think this Left is at home, like Macaulay yeah, Asylum tour. I didn't get to go. Yeah, Lick It Up tour was my first tour. Oh. Uh, yeah, well, so I didn't even That was see actually Ace. a good record, though. Yeah, no, it was a good record. That was a really good record. But my dad took me for my ninth birthday. Wow. In, uh, July, I mean, June 15th, 1979. Cool. At the Lakeland Civic Center in uh, Florida. Right. And uh, it was the first tour, first show on the Dynasty tour, and I was thrilled. And to be playing with him 30 years later is huge. And you know what's 
something about Lakeland is that's where Ace was shocked. Yeah, three years before that. Yeah, and that's oh. where Shock Me came from. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I didn't know that Some back trivia. then. I was just psyched to be there. And, <laughs> you know, I was like, I could see he was like, he was like the size of my fingernail. But it, it's a thrill. And, you know, it, over the last three years, we've become really close friends, Ace and I. And um, I love the guy to death. And it's really, it's it's just an honor to play with him. I mean, imagine like growing up and 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 hearing all these songs. And it's a funny story. And Ace hates when I tell it. But every night during Shock Me, I mess up the rhythm part underneath. Because when you hear him go into that solo right. and you're like, wait a second. I just, I heard this growing up a million times and there it is. Right. Wow. Um, it it happens every single night. I find some maybe in it, it might be the shock me solo, or it could be the lover all I can solo. Actually, you know maybe even more that one because I always mess the punches up on that one. <laughs> but it's 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 incredible to right. to to sit yeah. It's there. a dream come true, man. It really for, is for just about most rock guitar players, but especially people that really like Ace growing up. Yeah, yeah. It it really is incredible. Just for like as a guitar player, it's monumental. Cool. It's monumental, probably even more so for me than the other guys in the band because, you know, he's the reason why I'm playing it. You know, right. I mean, no matter what genre of music I'm playing in, it's because of him. And I'm sure millions of other guitar players can say the same thing. Definitely. Cool. And you guys have done a series of shows already. I mean, you've been playing all over the states and, and you're getting ready to head over to... Actually, we just got back from Europe okay. on Friday right. before Christmas. Yeah, we did uh, like... I don't know, eighteen shows or something like. And you that. guys went all over Europe, just oh, about yeah. every country you oh, were. Yeah. There. I, I don't you... think I think I saw a hotel room three times. Wow! Wow! You know, we were. It was like bus. show, bus, show, bus, show, bus. Wow! Um, but some of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. Now, did you guys have any trouble with the weather? I remember when this tour was being booked, and Ace was a little concerned that. There might not have been enough time to get from city to city <laughs> if the winter. Not for Ace, maybe for oh, us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's flying around in a jet, but you know, we're we you know the the band. We know we're going on ferries and stuff, but we kept ourselves amused. We mm -hmm. got there. We had a great tour manager who just you know, after the show, everybody wants to hang out afterwards and get to meet people and. And, um, you know, say hi, but he was like the one walking in, grabbing us by the car and going, we have to get on a ferry. Oh, wow. You know, 14 hour ferry. And, um. Was that Paul Allen? That was Paul Allen. Yeah, very yeah. good. Great guy. Cool. You know him? I don't, but I just emailed him the other uh, day. He's, well, let me tell you, one of the funniest guys. And if he ever hears this, I'm telling you, he what he won't admit it, but he has like the whole Craig Ferguson thing down. Wow. And he doesn't think that anybody over there will notice it. But over here, since he's uh, <laughs> yeah. Craig Ferguson's so big, we're like, dude, you. He stole that. Yeah, you <laughs> totally ripped that whole, your whole act off of uh, Craig Ferguson. But I don't know. He's great. Cool. So, Derek, what I wanted to do for the Talking Metal listeners is kind of take it back a little bit and talk about your history. You grew up in Florida, and then how did you wind up in Stabbing Westward? And tell us about some of your Well, I, I lived in Florida when I was a little kid, you know, from like um, – I was born in New York, moved to Florida. <coughs> Excuse me. Moved back to New York when I was about 10. Um, played music, but, and you know, all through the 80s. Had my own band called Closer in the 90s, and we were signed to a label called Revolution, which is part of Warner Brothers. And the head of Revolution was Stabbing Westward's manager. 
Now, they, it seems like throughout their whole career, they never really had a guitar player. They, you know, they would have, um, I don't know, this guy, Mark Iliopoulos, who was probably like, he was the guitar player before me. That's the only guy I really knew. Um, I wasn't really a fan of Stabbing Westward. I was more into um, like Suede and Oasis and that sort of thing. It's just where my playing went over the years. And um, she liked my playing and thought that I would be what they needed. So for um, their their last, uh, you know, the last two years they were together, I was the guitar player. Um, I don't know if I was the right fit, but, um, you know, I had a good time. Those guys are great guys and great, you know, the drummer, I have to say, was like probably one of the best musicians I ever played with. Cool. Wow. wow. Yeah, Andy Kuchevsky. He's one of the best musicians ever. He actually wrote most of their hits. You know, one really cool thing is we were down at Guitar Player or Guitar World magazine? We were at Guitar World. Guitar World. I'm sorry, guys, for Guitar World people. Um, We were at Guitar World. Ace was there. You were there. I was there. And the neatest thing is that one of the guys who worked there went and pulled out uh, an older Guitar World and showed Ace it was you in the magazine. I don't even think he knew I was in a band. (laughs) (laughs) He probably thought that like his band was the first band I was ever in. But uh, yeah, I've been doing this for a long time. Are you still in touch with any of the Stabbing Westward guys? Um... Actually, the only one I'm really in touch with is the drum roadie, <laughs> Rich oh, <okay>. Carpenter. <laughs> but, um, you know, as far as I know, I think Andy does, like, movie soundtrack stuff. Um, like I said, he was actually the only real musician in Stabbing Westward, you know, other than myself. But, um, and Jim Sellers, the bass player, I think he, one of the funniest guys you'll ever meet, but um, he actually has a, uh, uh, like, a natural food store. That is like all over California now, but he, you know, those two guys were the greatest guys. Chris has a band called The Dreaming, um, and Walter I think is a is a DJ now, the oh, the keyboard player. Wow, cool. And as far as I know, post stabbing Westward, pre Ace, what were you up to? Oh, just writing, okay. writing songs with people. Um, I had a recording studio that I would. I was one of those weird guys, and I know everybody says this when they get into the music business, that wanted to really help out people and not get anything for it. Um, I wanted to record bands and and make um, bands coming up feel like they really did make a difference. So I would I would offer studio time for nothing. Really? If, if, wow. if I thought they were really good... Then I absolutely I would be like you know what how can I help if they weren't really good then I would be like you know what this is probably a huge thing for them to just be in a recording studio, and um, that was my that was my passion and I would of course be totally critical and go you should change that part there and you should change that part there <laughs> and do you need a guitar player to play on this and yeah cool records. no but it was it was always that's what I was doing and um and and, and I'm also a hair colorist. You know, when, you know, I love that too, but that's not why we're here. Right. Um, <laughs> I'll talk to you that offline about my poor hair. <laughs> but no, it was it, that between, between um, 2001 and, um, you know, 2007 when I met Ace, I was just recording other people and writing other people and, and trying to help out other people. Now, when, back to the Ace stuff, now, Anthony had started out recording the album with Ace at Schoolhouse Studios, and Ace had done a lot at his house uh, in Westchester. And then the album was finished where you were kind of like the main dude in the studio with Ace 
you know, helping to get the record done. Tell us about that. Um, well, yeah, Anthony started off recording, you know, the, all, I think most of, I think all of the basic tracks, with the exception of two songs, were done at Anthony's studio. And then um, Ace decided he wanted to do the rest at his place. And, um, and it just worked out that way. It was probably the best thing because, um, you know, he, he has a great recording studio in Austin. Right. Um, and it, you know, it actually kind of looks like this place. And it was, um, you know, he, as a guitar player, musician, it's the best thing. It's sometimes the best thing, sometimes not. But for Ace, it's the best thing to be able to walk down, you know, walk down the road, walk into your place say you like that guitar sound and just do it at your leisure. Right. Which you know great. Ace, you know yep. Ace, and that's what he's like. He's not one of those guys who goes, okay, i got to be down in the city at 7 o'clock and we're going to do guitar tracks. Right. You know he doesn't work that way. Right. It's like sometimes it would start at 7, sometimes it would start at 1 in the morning. Right. And um, <clears throat> it it just was good for me to be there as support. Um, I only played on a couple of parts of the record, you know, but for the most part, it was just he, like I said, when Anthony got us involved, he got us involved because he knew that Ace could trust us and um, he trusts me. And it would just, you know, he would do his part, turn around, go, is that okay? It sounds great. Or is that okay? It doesn't sound good, right. you know, but he trusted my opinion. And um, and uh, I put a lot of miles in my car going to get pizza. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> and just to refresh everybody on Anthony Esposito, who uh, is the Anthony we are referring to, he, uh, of course, did a lot of work with George Lynch, too, in, in Lynch Mob. Yeah, uh, right. Some real classic records. Yeah, with, and, with, and, uh, and a George. lot of uh, recording in his own recording studio. You know, he's got, like, a list that long of yeah. people right. he's worked with. Yeah. A lot of classic New York bands, and we actually were down at Schoolhouse with Bumblefoot and Frank Ferrer. That's and right. we yeah. saw those guys play with one of Frank's bands. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, Anthony's just a, a guy that's a, you know, not only a great musician, but uh, you know, all of us musicians now have some kind of other gig that we're equally <laughs> as good at. And uh, um, Anthony's is set design, and he has yeah. designed like tons of sets for shows like MTV Unplugged and the VMAs and all that kind of stuff. And great stories about all of those as well. Yeah, he, that's one guy who can remember. He takes like in everything that's going on and and can tell you stories. I don't know if they're real or not, but <laughs> he makes up a good story. <laughs> now, here's the thing, guys. I many of you talking metal listeners may know that uh, I was asked by Ace to to go on a couple of these tours, and unfortunately, due to my current status with work in New York City, I was unable to go, which is just such a, a mess for me because you know it's a dream come true for me to go out on tour with Ace, and so I want to ask. Derek, to tell us some cool stories from the road. Oh, sh and oh. how were the fans? How how was everything? Fans, you know? I'm telling you something. Especially after, and I don't mean to sound down on the last run in Europe. It was grueling, grueling. Out of all my years on the road or playing with bands, even on the most amazing tour bus, this was like, this was really grueling. It wow. was it was show. Try and have a drink at the bar. Try and you know talk to people. Get collared by the tour manager. And then you're, you're traveling you're a second later. You're on the bus. You're See, on people... the bus, and you, you're in your pajamas. Ten minutes later, 
sitting there eating Cheetos and watching a movie with the rest of the guys on the bus. Wow. It was just like that every single night. See, you know what? A lot of times fans don't realize that. They don't realize that you've got to go to another country by the next day. And they think, you know, oh, wow, you know, they didn't stay for like a 30-hour meet and greet. Right, right. You know, and, oh, they're back to their billion-dollar hotel. Yeah, but you know what, John, is like they really do appreciate if you sit there and just just acknowledge for a few minutes. Because, I mean, I we were in... Um, in Germany and I walked, I was, I will say I was the guy who I would get up in the morning and sit out and smoke a cigarette with the bus driver and just see these kids lining up. And this is at 10 o'clock in the morning where we just pulled up these kids hipper looking than any of us could ever be. Wow. But they're there with their kiss records and their, and their Ace Fraley records. And <clears throat> all they're doing is waiting for like all day from ten in the morning. From ten in the morning the in the freezing cold. Yeah. And I'm not joking, freezing yeah. cold like outside right now. Right. In Norway. And um, you know, they're waiting there all day and walk out and not even to think they're gonna know who I am, but I walk out and they're they know who I am I'm and they want cool. you know, and they want to talk about Ace and and it's like, oh, it's like, okay, well, I'll finish my cigarette now, and then you know what? When I come out for sound check, the guy's still there. When wow, I come yeah. out after the show, the guy's still. There. Some of the people would miss the show just to stand by the back door and meet Ace. Hmm. Um, wow! And that, to me, to like to make them feel important was that's what the tour was all about. To see kids there who who I would, I mean, I didn't even think they would know who we were. To see them there was the most important thing. That made that made like all the long rides, the twelve hour ferry rides and and whatever, that made it worth it. Wow. Very I cool. really did. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart, made it friggin' worth it. There's a posting on a board, it's called Kiss F A Q, like fac dot com. And um Somebody went to one of the U.S. shows from the Midwestern run you did right before you went to Europe, and they have like a a photo array of their entire day, and they were one of these people who were there in the morning, and they've got you actually outside smoking a cigarette, (laughs) I think with a red jacket. Did you have a red leather jacket? Oh, probably. uh, But anyway, go check that out, and you will will see that. But I thought it was really cool because the guy had like – it was like a day in the life of going to see the A It's really incredible, and you know, it it makes – this whole thing worth it because it they really do appreciate it and i don't i mean i don't know what i'm trying to say but the, when when you're in 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 helsinki finland and you see somebody there who has records that you they have like the 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 rim from like the record wearing yeah, out right, the, the right. cover you and you know that's like the, the original record right, they have right. that that's got to mean something man yeah. and if we don't acknowledge them as the band. You know, sometimes Ace, he's he he can't do it. He's got a lot he's doing. But if we don't acknowledge it, then that's a shame because that that's that's why we're here to make this whole well, thing. You guys continue. all compliment each other. You know, like I said, Ace, Ace, you know, spends as much time as he can with everybody at the meet and greets and stuff like that. And um, you know, I've been you know, lucky enough to to see some of those happen, and uh, and what's great is w- when Ace what what he can't do, you guys pick up on. Oh, absolutely, and, uh, it's a pleasure. You know, and I think it's very cool. Because when when I was if when I was nine years old, seeing Kiss at Lakeland Civic Center, had that happened to me, I would have lost my mind, lost my mind. So if I mean, I remember I was in um, we were in Malmo, uh, Sweden, I think it's called. The, don't you know, Kelly Brennan getting the wrong thing. But there was this kid 
and you know, you know, Ace's monitors, he can't hear too well. So right. he's got these monitors that are like the size of that couch and they're facing right at him. And if you walk in front of it, it's the most painful thing you ever saw. I wear earplugs and I can't walk in front of it. And there's this little kid and I swear I thought it was a girl, like this little kid, blonde hair, killer face. I was like, this, this girl's going to, you know, her dad standing right in back or his guy's in trouble in a couple of years. It was a little <laughs> kid, nine years old. His name is Vincent. Right. He had long hair, the whole look, and he was totally rocking the ace. And I was like, that right there, if ace had like shook his hand, it would have made his life. And you know, wow. that could change his life. That really right. honestly could make him go, I got to do music for the rest of my life. Wow. It would have done it to me. Yeah. You know, I did it. I, it did it for me at the Lakeland civic center when, you know, ace was the size of that little, you know, display on that pro tool screen there. Yeah. But, you know, imagine like you're right there in the middle of his monitors, hearing his guitar, and he looks at you, gives you a pick. Incredible. You know what? Go ahead, Mark, and then I want to say one. I was going to ask. There was such a long period of time in between the last Ace record and Anomaly. What was the last? It was uh, Trouble Walking. Trouble Walking. Was the last yeah. actual yeah. real album. There was some greatest hit stuff in yeah. between. Yeah, there was some greatest hit stuff and some one-off like stuff with like Anton Fig and yeah. stuff like that. But um, can we? I, I know Anomaly is still rather fresh and new for everybody, but do you envision another Ace album coming in the near future, or do you expect it'll be another long wait? Um, no, I think he's already writing it. And, um, you know, I have a ton of ideas, and we, we you know, he always, he's so open to hear things. Um, I, I guarantee you he's already got some ideas in the can. I think that would yeah, be great. I, I think that I don't think he wanted it to be such a long wait. Right. You know, as we've all heard the stories before, he was starting it. He had the Kiss reunion. Of course, he had some other issues in between. <clears throat> but I mean, just it just goes to show that when he does want to do something, he gets it done pretty quickly. I mean, when he really committed to doing the record, it took a lot less than, you know, a Def Leppard record. Yeah. Okay. The story that I wanted to tell is that it was 1987 and um, September. I just went to college and I was only 17. And uh, it's a long story on why I had backstage passes. But uh, my my family had uh, laminates for the Fraley's Comet tour of the planet. And um, I just go to Boston and I'm standing behind the stage before Ace went on and you know, maybe there was like three or four or five people in front of me, and Ace walked out like they were getting, you know, the announcer already announced the band. He walked behind, you know, near us, put his hand through the five people, shook my hand. Three seconds later, he said, one, two, three, four, and they played Rip It Out, and that changed my life, just oh. like you said. that He's he one of those guys, kid. I swear to God, and, and people can say what they want about him. When he walks in the room... He's got a presence, and and I'm friends with him. Right. And he walks in the room. If he was to walk in the room right now, I guarantee you, 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 we'd all be just like, right, just watching. Yeah. And it's it's an incredible thing because he really does. It's not it's not a sort of like, you know, godlike thing. But this guy's just been so important to so many people. Yeah, sure. Everybody knows who he is. You, you you know I can I can go to work tomorrow and somebody's going to say kiss and and you know or I can say I play with Ace Frehley and they automatically know who I'm talking about right. doesn't matter um 
It does. It it has like this effect, you know, and he is one of those people. He's New York, New York. I don't care if he lives in L.A., lives in New York. The guy is more New York. I've never <laughs> I lived in Florida for five years, but my mom's got the thickest Brooklyn accent you'll ever yeah. hear. And she talks like a truck driver. So I know what New York is. Right. This guy is total. He's and he's so proud of it. When he walks in, there's a thug right there. You want to bring a thug in the room? I got a better one. Right. And he's 58 years old. Right. You know, and 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 he's really he's just like a cool old cat. So you guys are heading over to Australia, where there's always been a, a real big kiss fan base, even when the, the popularity slightly declined in the U.S. back, say, uh-huh. in the early 80s. Kiss was still going extremely strong in Australia. What can the Australian diehard Kiss fans expect from you guys when you uh, land over there? Are any any new songs coming to the set list? Absolutely. I mean, Ace has been wanting to play things like Talk to Me, uh, Two Sides of the Coin, Dark Light. Oh, yeah. um, wow. I mean, he's he's absolutely wow. like, you guys learned Dark Light yet? <laughs> um, you know, the, the, he's like, and, and it's really, honestly, for all the places we've been to, he wants us to know them for Australia. Wow, cool. That's like which, which is interesting because you're mentioning songs off of uh, Unmasked, Unmasked and and The Elder, which were uh, kind of two albums that happened during that time frame. Where in this country, you know, Kiss were still popular, but they they were maybe not as popular they as they've been in say '78. Whereas in Australia, they were as big as ever, right. you know. And, and uh, those albums, I think, were uh, especially Unmasked, very important to the Australian fan base. Oh yeah, well, I mean, just. Like, uh, I mean, just songs like I and, um, you know, those, songs, dude, put that in a, a new band's hands. That's a heavy, that's right, a heavy yeah. song. That's yeah. a heavy song. Um, you know, they, they, there's some great songs on all those albums. I don't care what anybody says, you know, fans don't like that album. I don't think so, man. There's, there's, I remember getting the elder for my 11th, for the, Christmas 1981. Right. And I sat there and listened to it back to front, back to front, back to front, front to back, front to back, front to back. I know every lick of it. Escape from the Island. Oh, Escape from the Island. That's another one we're going to do. That's amazing. That's another one we're going to do. Listen, you Australian fans, man, you are going to be in for a treat because I guarantee that these guys are going to pull out some surprises for you that no one is going to believe. No one has tried this yet, and you guys are going to do yeah. it These starting songs, February 1. Yeah, the, the songs have never, ever been performed live. Not even wow. by Kiss, ever. Not even by they, Kiss. They probably never even played them together. They were, You know, like you go into the studio and you record these songs, but, you know, they probably never jammed these songs. You know what, and I, I'm, I might be really uncool for saying this, that I hope that the guys from Kiss are listening, that they really should play them. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, I w- I'll be one of the guys who's, who says, like, the Paul Stanley. I've always been a huge Paul Stanley fan. So, it's like, his songs on on The Elder, I think, are incredible. They right. really are. Yeah. Right. They're incredible. <laughs> so Well, it's funny. You mentioned the, the the you know, people are like, oh, well, the, the fans don't like The Elder. I, I, I disagree with, with right. anybody who says that. I, I feel the casual fan who goes and sees Kiss nowadays and doesn't care that there's two fake guys on stage, mm-hmm. maybe that fan doesn't like The well, Elder. Well, no, I, but I... I really think that the, 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 the real the, fans, the real fans no. actually do. That you was know? actually a slight comment to somebody right. I know personally. Oh, okay. <laughs> maybe in the band. Oh, yeah. But, but um, it's, it's, it's just that, 
Oh, I it's an important record for me. And like you said, I honestly agree with you. The the ones who are really into Kiss, those are the ones who say, you know, it's not a cult album. It's it's one of our important records. Right, right. Just like Unmasked is. You could say what you want, but is that you? That's a pretty right. badass right. song. I love Dark Light was always That's one of my sass favorite. Sass and that song yeah. is incredible. Right. Yeah. I love Dark Light. That was always one of my favorite songs, not just because it was Ace, but uh, it was just a great riff. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Dark Light. And you know what? It's a really tough song to play. I bet. Yeah. I, I tried figuring it out, and I saw some people on YouTube figuring it out. And I was like, oh, I got it. I got it. I sit down with AC. He's like, you're playing it wrong. You're playing it wrong. It's in this tuning. And it's it's true. It, it has that sound. When you tune it like him, it, you, well, all, I didn't suddenly, even know it was in an alternate tuning. Suddenly, it has that tuning. It's I, in the it's in the Keith Richards tuning. Wow. Yeah. I just think it's hard to, to switch chords as fast as you have to in that song. Oh. Uh, well, once Ace shows it to you, it's pretty easy. Okay, cool. <laughs> Very good. Now, Derek, before... Uh, we let you go, and you're going to hang around here I'm today. I'm chilling. i got to yeah. eat karma at a piece. You're going to hang out. We're going to have pizza. We're going to rock. But I got to bring up something that I think is out of control, and you are the guy. And no one knows what I'm going to talk about. You are the guy that's bringing the 335 to heavy metal. 355. 355. 335 shape. 355 right. guitar. No, it's, that is, explain to people what the difference is between a 335 and 355. Well, the, with the 335, although I have one of those as well. Yes, I knew that. <laughs> you didn't help me out with that one. I'm but sorry. you did help me out with the, the newer one. It's it's a 335 basically with the custom binding. Yeah. And, like um, Les and, Paul heads, like the Les yeah, Paul custom headstock binding inlays. If anybody plays guitar, please try out the 355 if you find one. Play one. You'll never put it down. And this guy right here got me what, my what dream guitar. What is this, a guitar. Les Paul? A, a, no, no, it's like a B.B. King like, looking. Like, oh, you know okay. the Lucille guitar? Sort of. Well, you know yeah. the B.B. King's guitar? Right. It's that, but um, with the F holes. B.B. King's guitar doesn't have the F holes. Yeah, it just is. Um, but honestly, it's it was my dream guitar for like, I don't know, like 20 years now. And I couldn't get one. I couldn't afford one or the timing wasn't right. I met John and John hooked it up. So please, guys, I'm in debt to him forever. And I have to say, John, I know I might be rambling right now, but everybody I play that guitar for, I've done sessions where I have to do, whether it's like a Metallica sound or a Britney Spears sort of thing, nobody can believe how good that sounds. Wow. I could do a Lamb of God session with and the- get a sound. With that guitar. Wow. Incredible. Gibson 355, guys. Check it out. Gibson.com. Gibsoncustom.com. Cool. Yeah. Well, Derek, Excellent. thanks so much for joining us. We'd love to get a, a Talking Metal ID from you, saying your name and your band, and you are listening to Talking Metal. I, it would be my pleasure. Whenever you're ready. Hey, this is Derek Hawkins from the Ace Fraley Band, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Cool, and this is Derek and Ace with Outer Space. We know it. Talking Metal Live. To be a part of your game. But when I came from above, I looked around, but she turned on flame. But now you're scratching and crawling your way up from the grave. You should have stayed in the dirt, girl. It's like I told you. Like I told you, I came from outer space That's how I know your name It's like I told you, I came from outer space I wanna take you away 
Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.